0: What's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. So glad to have you here with us for another awesome episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, one of the best parts of our student experience here at the Speaker Lab is the coaching that is integrated into our programs. And our team has the experience and expertise that it takes to help our students gain confidence, clarity, and follow that clear path to their own speaking success. And so during our Coach's Corner podcast series, you're going to have the opportunity to hear from our Director of Student Success, Mary Alice Goldsmith, and a member of our coaching team. So whether you are at the very beginning of your speaking journey or Or a well-seasoned veteran in the industry. Regardless, our coaches are meeting you where you're at and equipping you to take you to the next level. So I'm going to hand the mic over to them, and I know that you're going to love hearing from our coaches. So let's get right into it. Enjoy.
1: All right. I'm so excited to have Michelle and Nora on the podcast. How are you? I'm well. I'm happy to be here. One of our fabulous coaches. For <laughs> sure. uh, last time, Michelle and I did a podcast, fun fact, uh, we did the student highlight podcast in 2021. Yes. Yes. So Absolutely. full circle, huh? Isn't that amazing? Full circle. Very cool. Fun. Yeah, it's very cool. We're going to start with something different. So it's 2023, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Um, okay but this is the coach's corner podcast so i think it's really important that people get to know our coaches so i'm just going to do some rapid fire questions uh and <laughs> me, whatever you think of and they're they're simple they're you know okay. simple fun little things but all right ready yeah let's go favorite place would it be the beach the mountains or a lake
2: oh I didn't know you were going to give me options. Okay. Um, (laughs) Or something else. (laughs) Well, my favorite place in the world is actually Colonial Williamsburg in Virginia. I love history. And so I love just feeling like I'm stepping back into time um, without any of the inconveniences of that time. (laughs) (laughs) You do like running water. (laughs) I do. I love running water. Yes.
1: Perfect. All right, first thing you would do if you won a million dollars in the lottery?
2: Ooh, well, first I I would find a way to make sure that nobody knew that I won the lottery. <laughs> That's what I would do, and then um, I'd probably uh, I'd probably just take a long walk and pray about how to spend and allocate the money because I'd want to really be wise with it.
1: Love that. Love that. So such a Michelle answer. So, <laughs> uh, okay. Favorite breakfast, lunch or dinner?
2: Oh, um, favorite breakfast. I go through food phases, but if I had to pick a favorite breakfast, it would probably be um French toast. Mm. There's, there's this place that I go to locally called, um, it's called the OMG French toast. And it has like this crepe Suzette sauce on top of it. And, um, this like marscapone, um, blueberry champagne sauce. It's really delicious. Yes. So I love that. And then I also like it with like a little bit of bacon. Cause I like some savory and sweet together. Salt and sweet and salt and sweet. Yeah. Okay. What
1: would you choose? Would you work out? Do it? Like if you had to choose a specific, like workout or activity, would uh-huh. it be workout with weights, yoga, hike, run, or something in nature?
2: Um, not nature. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a nature girl. <laughs> uh, it would probably be weights. <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: All right. Then something you would love to change in this world.
2: Hmm that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think I would love to change people's apathy to, or, or not, I don't want to say apathy. Maybe their unawareness of, um, spirit realm. If that makes sense. Like I, especially like Western society, I feel like on Eastern society, I'm Nigerian. Mm-hmm. So, um, in Nigeria and in other African countries, they're they're very in tune with their spirituality. And I think the Western society, um, some segments are, but one of the things that I love speaking about, writing about is just um living life knowing that there's more to what you, than what you see. Love that
1: because that just opens up to so many things, you know. Yeah. You're aware yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting because that's kind of what our topic is today. We're gonna to be <laughs> talking about like what can your business be available to more than just being on the stage? And so the topic is leveraging your speaking business to increase additional revenue sources. So really a great segue. I hope that that little quick rapid fire helped to get to know Michelle and, um, you know, we're very blessed to have her on our team. So I just wanted to do a little, like, get to know you thing, but um, this is such an important topic because I think for so many people getting to the stage is such a, um, uh, an upward climb, if you will, mm-hmm. that they, they kind of just are so focused on that, that they don't realize, and and it comes with time and that that's yeah. totally okay. Our businesses evolve. We talk about this all the time with our students, but that there could be so much more for, for them and their business in terms of revenue. And so, um, I'd love for you to just kind of talk about how this has impacted you and, and your own speaking business and how you see this impacting the students that you get to coach every single day.
2: Oh, sure thing. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of the personal impact it made, um, like, like we said earlier, I used to be a student, uh, with TSL and I joined the speaker lab already having a very small, uh, coaching practice. And I I went into the speaker lab, yes, with the mission of becoming a speaker, becoming a paid speaker, but I also had a a bigger picture in mind for where I wanted my coaching business to go. I wanted to move past doing one-on-ones all by myself. I wanted to scale it and bring in some employees. And in order to do that, I needed more clients. And I realized that as I was working on um, my, my speaking platform and my speaking business, I could actually use speaking as a lead in or a lead magnet of sorts by speaking about something I was really uh, passionate about, prophetic listening, while also bringing an awareness to my audience that, A, this exists, this is a resource, oh, and B, I have a coaching practice that can help you through the process. So for me, it was a no-brainer to, uh, to merge the two entities. Uh, for other students, it may be a situation where they decide that they want to write a book uh, and they they want to take their area of expertise and this topic that they're speaking about over and over and over again, and actually quantify it in a book and have it available for purchase after a talk. For other people, it could be that they have a, a consulting business. We have a lot of students who are not only speakers, but they're also consultants and they, they have a, a practice that they're already running. Um, and so there's a lot of areas of um, synchronicity that can take place between your speaking business and whatever other um, business you're trying to run, and I think you said it perfectly. Even though you have to have, to a degree, a bit of tunnel visioned in order to make your your business work, you also don't want to close yourself off to other possibilities and other forms of revenue.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you know what's really challenging is when you are kind of, when you do have those blinders on in your building, just let's just say, you know, I want to be a speaker and you finally give yourself permission to do that. Mm-hmm. That alone is super exciting that you're finally yeah. giving yourself permission. Right. And so you go all in, you do the research, you find the speaker lab, you, you, you sign on to our program and, and here you are becoming a speaker, but you talk about this critical moment and and you, you kind of shared it a little bit. It, it snuck in there, you know, mm-hmm. that, you decided that you were going to become a speaker to help build these other aspects of your business. Right. So what kind of encouragement or what kind of um, strategy could you teach our listeners today that are super excited about becoming a speaker or thinking about becoming a speaker? How can they kind of like, you know, step back and and kind of take a bird's eye view of the business mm-hmm. and really look at what this can look like? What What kind of questions oh. and deep dive can they do?
2: That's a great question. Uh, I would say for me, I'm, I'm kind of old school. So I really need to have pen and paper, <laughs> uh, sometimes construction paper and something that I, I like to do. And I do this actually once a year uh, at, the, at the end of the year, when I'm going into the new year, I'll take a big piece of construction paper and I will just write down the vision that I have of what what do I want my personal brand to look like? Uh, what do I want to represent? What are areas that I want to spend my time in, and what are areas that would just drain me if I did that? And the Speaker Lab has a fantastic resource uh, in our fifth module: uh, the the vision and strategy. Workbook, and I have found that to be incredibly helpful and impactful. Now, obviously, if you're just joining the Speaker Lab, uh, we want you to go through the modules in order. However, it's a really, really great resource to have that drone view of where you want to go with your with your brand and and what you want to offer the world and how you want to make an impact. So for me, I took all the ideas that were kind of floating around in my head, and I put them on that construction sheet of paper. It didn't have to be pretty or anything. But on one corner, I had e-courses that I wanted to develop. On another corner, I had uh, book ideas that I wanted to write someday. Uh, in another corner, I had different uh, gigs and speaking opportunities that I really wanted to, to go for. And, and then I just had kind of a, an, an open box for ideas that could come later on. And I think it's important to start with writing your ideas down so that they're not just floating in your head like... Fireflies and amazing jar. You really want to have everything uh grounded on paper. And not only does that free up your mind for other ideas to come in or just, you know, brain space, but it allows you to see with your eyes where you want to start with. Because I think a lot of people, they sometimes get trapped in a uh, shiny object syndrome where they have a million and one ideas and they're starting down one track, but they never finish it because they bounce to another. Uh, opportunity or or idea and for me it's not only important to write down the different things you want to do but then pick an order and don't move on until you finish the first one <laughs> and uh and I think that that that's a, a helpful way to tackle that list because eventually you'll get through it but you need to you need to do it in in an orderly way yeah I love how you talk about the open box
1: being available to shifts mm-hmm. and pivots and and whatnot I, I think you know as an entrepreneur running a business it's it's important to be focused yeah. but really important not to be rigid because yeah. if you don't allow for that expansion and flexibility you might force yourself to stay in a lane that you've actually outgrown uh-huh. and believe it or not that could cause burnout just as much as forcing yourself into a lane you're not ready for so uh-huh. I love how you talk about that. Um, we talk about that a lot too, when when our students get caught up with their website and demo reel. And <laughs> how many times do we say, hey, let it be good enough for now, because exactly. as your business matures, this is going to completely change. And that's okay. Yeah, that's None okay. Is better than perfect. That's right. That's right. And you'll have multiple websites and you'll have multiple demo reels, um, but that allowing yourself to have that evolution and... Focus. Yes. Focus is important. And, and I think, you know, when you want to leverage your speaking business, you have to have that long-term goal. Where, mm-hmm. where are you pointing the dial? Um, where are you going? Obviously you're going on stage, but once you get off stage, then where's the business going? And yeah. I think, you know, this conversation really opens up um, that, that question. Yeah.
2: When you step have, down, where is it going? Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Well, have you found that, I don't know about you, but for me, it, it's helpful to check in with that vision like kind of on a quarterly basis mm-hmm. uh, because that way I can kind of do exactly what you said, make those pivots. If I'm three months into a focused project and I'm not seeing fruit from it or I'm finding that I keep you know, hitting, it feels like I'm bashing my head against a brick wall. Yeah. Well, then maybe, maybe I need to consider- Making a change and a shift, and uh, businesses do that with marketing all the time, uh, and that's just one one example. But there's so many areas in which you can make that pivot. Yeah, I when
1: I was um, running my own business as a business coach and I was coaching women, I had this conversation with them so much because they would come on the coaching call and they were like, "I'm so frustrated. I've been doing this for five months, and I'm da I'm like, "Well, let's talk about that." Right. <laughs> Because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and getting the same oh, results, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, God or the universe or whoever, you know, whatever your higher power is, is trying to tell you something. You know, those are those are divine interventions to check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? And so, um, and that that's what we're talking about. Like allow that room to breathe because if something's not working and you're forcing it, well, you might not be seeing something that, Uh, something that's better and more profound that your business is supposed to be going in. Um, Yeah.
2: And I, am also a firm believer that what you are producing, if you're not enjoying it, then the, the likelihood of your audience enjoying it is pretty minimal. So for example, when I was writing, um, when I write my books, if I find that I'm in the process of writing, uh, either a story or a nonfiction book, uh, if, if I'm bored mm-hmm. <laughs> in the process of writing, if I'm not enjoying it, if it feels like I'm sledging through mud just to finish a, a chapter, then I have to stop and either take a break or just reassess how I'm approaching it. Because I know, and this is something I tell myself all the time, if I'm not enjoying this, my reader isn't going to. Amen. And that's, it's really, really important that the process, you're, you're staying in tune with yourself in the process.
1: Yeah, that is that's such a such a valuable point. Um and I, I think I think, you know, to this this first point of like what kind of questions should you be asking? How do you how do you build out this um this business, right? Because we're not just speakers. This is a business. And and by the way, for those of you who are listening and you're at this phase of your life and and you could be 20 or you could be 80, I don't, I don't care how old you are, where you're just like, you know, I, I actually just want to speak that's okay too. Yeah. we're not saying you have to have other branches to your business but for those of you who know that speaking is something you're passionate about, but it's also going to help you leverage something that you're even more passionate about, this is the conversation you know for for you um but I had a thought and it just kind of ran away from me but I'm gonna get it back because <laughs> right. I thought I, I know what it is I know what it is the, the whole point of this right? thinking about where, where is your business going and how do you point the dial? It's really important to map it out. Does not mean you have to have to finish through what you mapped out for that year? Mm -hmm. Um, if it's not working, but it's important to map something out to ask those questions. I'm a coach. I'm a consultant. How do I want speaking to, um, move that or build that? Um, what else can I offer? Right? Like one of the things I, I loved coaching, but as you know, as a coach, you can only take on so many clients. Mm-hmm. So I needed to start thinking, well, I'm I'm full. So yeah. if I'm capped, my business is capped, which is not going to help it evolve. So exactly. I started looking at more like passive income, more courses that people can take to warm them up to my coaching, right? So th- this is the kind of stuff you have to really start thinking about. Like, what do I want this to become? An- another way to approach this too is how much money do you actually want to make? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's just do the let's do the cold hard facts. If you look at the numbers, how much time do you have? How much money do you want to make? And where is that money coming from? That can be a really great exercise to start building out the work-life balance in your business. This is something that we go through in that workbook that you talked about in module five, the vision and strategy of your of your speaking business. Because we often forget, we're good at this. Uh, especially as entrepreneur go-getters, we often forget about, Oh, wait a minute. I have a husband or a wife or a, <laughs> or a I have family and dogs and cats and horses and all the things. So it's really important, right? You might as well just go work for someone else, right? If you're, if you're not going to map it out this way, where you're looking at self business mm-hmm. and, and clients, you have to look at all of those things. Um, so really asking yourself those questions, how am I going to leverage the business so that I can be the best version of myself in all areas of my life, exactly. build a thriving business and also nurture and care for and service uh, clients who need my help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, awesome. So uh, I think another thing that you really deep dive in when you're coaching our, our students is, you know, what is the ultimate goal of, of your brand as a speaker What's the ultimate goal? And so, talk to us a little bit more about that and how that can also awaken people to leveraging their speaking brand.
2: Absolutely. I mean, one of one of my favorite things about uh, the Speaker Lab is that we focus from the very beginning on the problem that you're helping to solve. Our our expert positioning statement, uh, which which encompasses three elements. Right. You have uh, who are you serving. Uh, what is the, the problem that you're helping to solve? And, you know, what's the unique angle that, that you bring to the table and what's the transformation, what's the result on the other side of solving that problem. And by defining that from the beginning, you're able to, um, to really build your business from the ground up in a way that makes sense for what you're passionate about doing and how, how you want to present, um, and make an impact to the world. So for, for me, uh, my my whole mission was to help Christians hear God's voice more clearly, uh, so they can live a radically blessed life. And the process of it, by having that that mission statement kind of established, that helped me to decide. Well, how many people am I trying to impact? Is it maybe just my local community? Is it maybe just uh, people on the East Coast or people on the West Coast or maybe just uh, people in the states uh, who? Is it young adults? Is it older adults? Like by by defining my audience, it gave me a little bit more focus and body to who I was trying to serve, um, and it helped me to not run all over the place <laughs> searching mm. for everybody. I love how uh, Grant says this all the time: a speaker who speaks to everybody is a speaker who speaks to nobody. That's right. So it's really really important to define your your audience, and then uh, by developing the the problem and the unique. Uh, approach that one has to solving it, that helps you to distinguish yourself from the market. So that's another uh helpful element. And then moving on to to the transformation that that you provide. So with regards to uh how that informs your business decisions, that informs that, that it's basically like your mission statement, if mm-hmm. you will. Uh, I can't think of a single successful business that doesn't have a mission statement. <laughs> and right by having your mission statement for your business you're able to look at it over and over again and either ask yourself am i living up to this mission statement which is my expert positioning statement or does the mission statement need to change maybe i've i've evolved to a place where i don't necessarily want to speak to college students anymore maybe i've evolved to where um i i want to speak to recent graduates who are just trying to figure out life and and dive into the real world whatever that looks like uh, in terms of the the longer picture by having that mission statement in mind, you're able to determine what type of books do you want to write? What type of e-courses do you want to offer? Do you want to offer e-courses? Maybe you you serve a, a much older audience and that wouldn't serve them <laughs> because right. they're not really into into tech like that and that's okay. Uh, or, or if you're looking at consulting, like you said earlier, uh, it's, it's wonderful to be able to consult, but maybe you want to scale your business so that you're able to impact, uh, 30, 40 people at a time in a mastermind versus doing one-on-one, um, high intensity coaching. So, and, and the beauty of this and the beauty of being a business owner and an entrepreneur is you get to decide. That's right. Nobody, nobody can tell you how you're going to, to conduct your business. Uh, but, by setting up the parameters of what you want to bring to the world, it helps make the decision a little bit easier.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: I really, I love that because I think there
1: are so many options and you mm-hmm. can get caught up in that, right? I'm gonna offer a podcast. I'm gonna write a book, and then I'm gonna write seven All more right. books. I'm gonna do consulting, coaching, and masterminding and da 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 da, da 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 da. And by the time you implement one of those things, you're totally fried. Totally fried. Absolutely. And, Yeah. But if you go back and you look at what is my goal here? You know, um, a lot of that, when I was speaking, um, a lot of people would say to me, do you always pitch at the front of the room? And I said, yeah, I do. Because, (laughs) Because when I'm speaking about something, I know that it's a, it's a huge problem what I'm addressing. And if I don't pitch at the front of the room, then I'm leaving people with their problem and not giving them the opportunity to fully solve it. And not, not everybody has that same, same content, Mm -hmm. but that was a mission for my business. That if I'm going to speak, I'm going to solve the problem on the other end of that. And I knew that the problems that my people were going through needed Mm -hmm. that one-on-one deep dive type of tension. And so I always spoke to pitch because the pitch was more of an opportunity and less of a pitch. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something you need to think about. Like, are you getting on stage and speaking to 30 people and then pitching an offer to coach Mm -hmm. or is your mission to speak to 3000 people and then have resources on the back end for them to really grow in that specific content? There's no right or wrong to any of it, but it has to align with your mission and personal brand. It's really, really important. Precisely.
2: Yeah. When, when I was running the coaching part of my business and really uh, making a concerted effort to expand it, I absolutely did the pitch. Um, it was probably a bit softer <laughs> than maybe what you would have done, but I, I did, I, I built, baked it into my talk and I mentioned how we have this resource. Uh, but I also had several coaches that were on staff ready to receive those, those clients. And by the time I decided to step back from the coaching element of my business, and I really wanted to make it more education focused, that's when I really made the concerted effort of, you know what, every speaking gig that I do now, I'm not going to mention the coaching. I'm actually just going to mention that I have books, I have e-courses, I have a product table, maybe even I'll, I'll have a, a, special discount for people in the audience to take advantage of and, you know, now or never. (laughs) Uh, And by doing that, it allowed me to uh, still bring up that alternative um, additional revenue, but in a different way than what I had done before when it was all about my coaching. So,
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many people are listening and saying, gosh, I wish, I wish I could do fill in the blank, but I started this and I just feel like, I can't change it all up. I know I have been there. Mm-hmm. I've totally been there. Um, and and I, I know that if, if that is you and you're listening to this, um, it does take a little time to give yourself permission to pivot, to yeah. change and to shift. But I know this much, if you're not honoring the calling of your heart, and if you're not honoring um, what what your soul desires, everything's going to feel like an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. So, um, and I know I, you know, having been able to have the privilege to coach you when you were a student, you went through a huge shift from coming in thinking you were going to change all the things to saying, wait a minute, no, 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 no. I'm going to honor what brought me here in the first place. And I'm going to go full throttle on that Mm -hmm. and really expand it in the way that feels so good for me. And so it was, it was, it was, awesome to watch you in that moment and see you have that aha moment and honor that calling of of your soul and and really go full throttle in it so i know you can speak to this
2: yeah thank you and and you were so helpful you and and the other coaches uh to to hold me to account because i was i was getting to a place where i think i felt intimidated at the prospect of sharing something that was so meaningful to me, and possibly being rejected, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of students who have that fear deep down inside. Um, many students are like, "Yep, this is what I'm doing, and I'm proud of it, and let's go." But there are several students who are like, "Actually, this is something that is deeply personal to me, and and I don't want to uh, to to face the rejection of of it not being accepted." But at the at the end of the day, and this was something that you and and uh, rick and annette kind of helped me to to realize is you will find the right people you will find the right audience you will find the right uh tribe for what you are wanting to to bring and that's another reason why we encourage our students to find their their market because everyone's not for everyone right (laughs) You know you're not supposed to fit everywhere. Uh, Otherwise, you know we all would have been made the same. So Mm -hmm. it's it's okay to push the throttle on something, especially if as you're testing the market, you're finding that it responds back to you positively. And that was the case for me. Once I decided to go full war with with prophetic listening and and uh, move forward in it, there were so many churches that I didn't have direct uh, ties to, but I had friends of friends who kind of connected me with them. And next thing I know. I'm getting booked with them and they're referring me to other churches and it's just starting to build um, ministry centers, et cetera. And now that I'm moving more into a, an education focus, I'm excited because my time is, is freed up to mm-hmm. create uh, courses and materials that can just really scale on a, in a fashion that I never could while doing one-on-ones like I I there's simply not enough time and not enough knees to yep. make that happen. So it's it's a really exciting pivot point in my business.
1: Yeah. I, would you say, you know, for people who are really struggling to fit all the things in and to do all the things, yeah. would you say they need to take a step back and really assess what they have established because something or they need to build out a team. That that's obvious, but <laughs> if if but, but there might be something in there. Like, it seems for me, like when you said, you know what, I'm going full throttle into prothetic listening and I'm really going to like really embrace this. It seemed like everything kind of fell into place very nicely and yeah. continues to do that.
2: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, when I came, when I joined the speaker lab, I had my, I had had written a book already. So that was done. Uh, but it was it was really new, and then I also had my website set up because I was taking in some some coaching clients. But I only had about a dozen. I didn't it wasn't a huge roster. Uh, and as I was exploring my topic and and the problem that I helped to solve, and really figuring out where do I fit in the market, I was getting feedback not only from the coaches but from other students, which which is what I love about the speaker lab is that you have such a healthy community of really accomplished and driven people who they, they put in what they, you know, they get out what they put into it. And so there, I got a lot of awesome feedback from students letting me know, Hmm, I'm in this market and I don't know if that would appeal to me versus, Oh, you know, I would actually love, love to hear more about, about what you speak about. And anyway, by choosing to move forward and with prophetic listening, uh, not only did I use the book that I'd created, so I kind of made that uh, a little bit more prominent on my site, but I also developed e-courses and I made a page for that. And I, uh, Rick helped me really organize my site in a way that it made an emphasis on my speaking about the topic of prophetic listening, but it still allowed me to include the other elements of my business that were very important to me. And that was something that I I struggled with figuring out how to do because yes, I'm speaking, but I also have these assets that are incredibly important to me. And you helped me with my with my demo. Uh, I was arranging my demo and editing it in certain ways, and you gave me a few slight tweaks that just made it so much more uh, impactful. And as a result of my time with TSL, my, my coaching business grew from a dozen clients to over 80. And then I had, um, I had to, I had to hire staff (laughs) and kind of scale in that way. So I ended up having a a team of um, five, uh, including coaches and VAs and that sort of thing. And it just started to grow and grow and grow, but it was cool because I wasn't doing the one-on-ones I was doing the speaking and I was kind of the, the face of it, but I was bringing in that business through my speaking. So I was basically getting paid to do what I enjoy doing while also build like growing my business using mm. speaking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you, you bring up a great point, you know, when we're talking about leveraging, we've talked about like on the stage pitching in front of the stage, but there's also your website. And in fact, today, um, as, as we're speaking an episode, let me, I'm going to pull this up right now, people episode, 429. Rick and I on the Coaches Corner we go deep dive into website and Rick talks about this. So whatever season your business is in, if you're in a high speaking se- season, you want to make sure you're leveraging that on your website. Yep. If you are not in a high speaking se- season and you're pushing more coaching, consulting, or your book, you want to make sure that your website really reflects that. So um, when we're talking about leveraging the business, we also have to make sure that we're using the assets to leverage that business. Um, obviously the stage, right. You you pitch at the front of the room. Mm -hmm. Um, but you also talk a lot about, um, the using speaking as a lead in for your business in terms of the book and e-courses. Tell us a little bit more about how you, I mean, I know you just shared that a little bit and how it helped grow the business, but how did you actually use it website and also speaking?
2: Sure. So, uh, with, with my website, I I've always made sure that, my content of resources is up to date. So I have a a page for my books. I have a page for my, my e-courses. Uh, and then in addition to that, when I'm actually negotiating a a speaking gig, I make it very clear. And this is a non-negotiable for me that I need to have a product table there has to be a product table where i'm able to sell my books uh where i'm able to to sell my e-courses uh i'll bring my laptop if i have to so that people can enroll then and there on the e-courses cuz obviously it's a little bit more challenging than having a physical product that you can can sell but people would be amazed at how much you can sell at an event after they after the audience has heard you speak yeah because you're very quickly building that no-like and trust factor with 50 100 300 people. And they, because they've just heard you speak and they know I can trust you, and there, for some reason, and and this happens for me personally too. If I go to an event and I'm listening to someone speak, if I find out they have a product table, l- the likelihood is I'm going to leave with something. In my yeah, because I like shopping. <laughs> so, um, and if you know, if I see value out of it too, I'll, of course I'll I'll get it. But um, I'm just more inclined to to purchase. And then as an author too, the beauty of it is uh, you're, you're right there to sign it for them. So yeah. what was just a speaking gig has quickly evolved into a book signing event. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I negotiate having that product table. I make sure that it's there. Uh, and then I coordinate with the the decision maker. Do you want me to ship the books to you ahead of time? Do I need to bring it with me uh, in my in my suitcase? Whatever that looks like. And I make sure that I have really flexible forms of payment. Uh, I do not limit my students... Stu- students. <laughs> I do not limit my... Uh, coach's talk coming through. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want my audience to uh, having to, to use cash only, for example, like Mm -hmm. if you have a, a stripe, uh swipe, use that. If you have Venmo, I've, I've used Venmo as well. Uh, whatever it takes, I'm going to make it easy, as easy as possible for you to make your, your purchase. And I not only have my, my novels, but I, I tend to bring my nonfiction books, uh, in particular, because I know that it relates to what I just spoke about. Um, but in addition to that, like I said, I have my e-courses and I'll include a, a specific discount so that they're more inclined to make that purchase then and there. It makes it a lot easier for them. And my e-courses, those ones I get really excited about selling because even though it's nice to sell, you know, 20, 30, 40 copies of your book, um, but my books are relatively inexpensive, you know, ten dollars. So it's nice to have that revenue. But it's really nice when you have twenty people buying a hundred, you know, ninety-seven dollar e-course on on hand. So, um, in in that respect, it's a really nice bonus to your speaking fee.
1: Yeah, and I think too, like you don't realize the seeds that you're planting for possible other uh, speaking gigs and also. Um, just other passive income on your website and for your books, right? You you know, you have 30 people who engage, love it. They're going to tell their friends and their friends and their friends. So that naturally starts growing.
2: And And if you get their email, Mm -hmm. you get their email, then you, you have that, that's your database. You're building your database of, of people that you can continue to serve and reach out to with new, new resources.
1: Yeah, no, that's super powerful for sure. Um, So I know like this year has been a huge shift for you. um, And I I think it speaks to what we're talking about. You know, it's like people are probably listening going, well, you're doing so well. Why are you coaching at the speaker lab, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But there there are different seasons like we've been saying and also leveraging your businesses in ways where you can have income coming in a variety of different ways. It doesn't Mm -hmm. just have to be this one lane. So talk a little bit more about, that decision to say, you know what, I'm going to do all of this and I'm going to do my love for coaching without having to do all the work to get the coaching clients.
2: (laughs) Exactly. There you go. (laughs) Well, uh, for me, because I realized uh, about, I want to say a year and a half, maybe two years into my coaching business uh, that I was actually starting to get a little bit burned out with my coaching business in particular, because it's, it's life coaching. It's very personal. Um, people are sharing deeply personal situations and dilemmas that they're, they're, they're running into. And, uh, I, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an empath, but you know, I'm human. And so there, there are times when it was just like, I would come off of a call and I'm just like, oh, you feel the weight on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And, um, So for me, I I realized that I needed to step back from that. And so that that's why I scaled my business and I had other coaches who were doing the one-on-ones for me. And then I quickly ran into the issue of managing people. (laughs) And so I still was having to deal with, ah, okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, And I just, uh, towards the middle of 2022 last year, I, spent some time with the Lord and I took a really hard look and assessment at my life and what I wanted to do with it and how I, how I wanted to spend my time and my work. And I realized that I was far happier writing books, creating resources, uh, and, and speaking than I was running a coaching business. Mm -hmm. And that was hard for me. That was hard to, to realize, wow, this thing that I've spent so much energy and effort building up is actually not as enjoyable to me as I, as I thought it would be. And it wasn't because I didn't like coaching. I do. It was just the subject matter of what I was coaching that I found to be a bit um, draining. Mm -hmm. So I, at that point, I just, I took some time in prayer and I was like, what needs to change in my, in my life in order to make this work? So I gradually and, and very intentionally step back from the coaching side of my business. I, I, um, I don't want to say I shut it down, but I shut down the coaching segment of the center for prophetic listening. And I ramped up the education Mm -hmm. side of it so that it was self-paced and people could learn what prophetic listening was train in it. Uh, and I actually developed a certification program with prophetic listening so that other people who wanted to minister and, and do it and have the the passion and energy for it because there I, I met people who they loved it and they actually like were feeding off of it of of doing it and i'm like why am i feeling so drained well while, <laughs> while you are just completely exhilarated by this process okay let me train you how to do this mm-hmm. and develop the certification process and then you just go go fly do it do your thing and I realized that in doing it that way, I was actually multiplying the work, as opposed to keeping it all to myself. Mm-hmm. And so I developed that that element a bit, and then uh, I started working on my eighth book. and In that process, in that gap, I found that I had a lot more time available, and my, the temptation was, okay, well, maybe I should just go on the road and uh, and. Speak and do workshops and and do all of that full time, and because of the the speakers lab, I absolutely could do that, and I I still could do that if I yeah, if I yeah. wanted to at some point. Sure. But then I met someone, mm-hmm. and so I realized it's actually not a good idea to be traveling a bunch at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it was around August, I would say, yeah, August, end of August, that I was praying really intentionally about my next steps because. I was writing, but I still had a lot of space and time. Uh, and I was also pretty location um, bound to a degree because of of um, my personal life. So I asked God, well, wh- how do you want to fill this gap? And sure enough, you guys <laughs> came calling. <laughs> and yeah. it just worked out really beautifully. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. And to me, this is an opportunity to not only... Plug into a really fantastic team uh, and culture, but it's also an opportunity to help other students who were where I was not that long ago yeah. and show them, no, this this actually works. Let me show you how I made it work and work with you to so that you can have your own success story. Yeah, no, it's it's powerful, and it speaks to this. you
1: know it's like we have to like leverage who we are first. Mm -hmm. right? We have to gauge what's our talents, what's our energy level, what what is our mission? um, How do we fit into all of this? And then we look at the business and we say, okay, this is what I have capacity for. This is what I have energy for. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, right? There's there's self, others, business, and we we have to really keep all of that in perspective. Um, I used to do an in-person retreat for women here in Princeton, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I used to talk about the importance of how we have to actually let things die for new things to come to life. And it's not always, yeah, it's, it's not always easy. Right. And so I I went through something similar in 2019 where I was just like, Lord was calling to me saying, no, 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 not in 2020. I need you somewhere else. And I was like, what (laughs) this is for eight years. Like, what do you mean you need me somewhere else? And I was, I was freaking out. But yeah. then I, I kept saying, you know what? I have to let this die for some reason. I don't know why, but more will be revealed. I know that yeah, because something else needs to come to life. And so mm-hmm. um, we really have to pay attention to that. And so when you're thinking about leveraging the speaking business, make sure... That it's bringing something to life, that it's really adding value to yourself as an entrepreneur, to your family, to your Mm -hmm. spirit, to the people that you're serving. Um, I, I think oftentimes we get really distracted with all the things. And so really be intentional when it comes to this topic, because leveraging can be amazing, and it could also be very detrimental if you yeah. don't stay on mission. And I think that's that's the big message I want our listeners to walk away. Leveraging is amazing. You can make a ton of money, but mm-hmm. money isn't everything, right? And so we really have to have perspective and we have to really be clear on what is the mission? What's the value I'm receiving? And what's the value I am giving forth with mm-hmm. leveraging in this way? Um, and so be intentional, spend some time. You know, I I always talk about reflecting and and projecting. So reflect Mm -hmm. on what happened in the last 90 days, what's working, what's not working, what's giving you energy, what's pulling on your energy. And then as you project for the next 90 days, what can you do better, different, or in a more intentional way? Um, And I think if you lead your business in that way, you're always going to leverage in the best way possible um, and have sustainability and longevity for yourself as a human and for your business.
2: Amen. I, 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 I'm not supposed to add anything to have that. I, mean, <laughs> I like left her speechless people.
1: I left her speechless. Yes. That's I love to end
2: a that podcast. Was a brilliant. I mean, <laughs> brilliant summary. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. So, well, I thank you for being here because I know that you've um, you've dabbled in this big time when it comes to leveraging between coaching and books and e-courses. And um, I know, you know, that it's, it's a bigger beast than it looks.
2: Yeah. There's a lot
1: of back end. Oh, go ahead. Go for it. Do it.
2: Well, I was just going to say really quickly, because uh, we have a lot of students who, uh, like we just said a little bit earlier, who do all the things, but they do all the things because they think they should, Mm -hmm. or they see other people do it. And so in addition to um, being mindful about not being destructive in the process of leveraging your speaking business... Also, be careful to not do it just because it's something that others have done and have found success in. Uh, really assess if this is something you're called to. I have tried to start podcasts. I have learned two episodes in that it is not for me. I have tried to start YouTube channels. I have also learned five videos in, not for me. If this is if if you are thinking of developing an alternative business platform, social media, etc, and you're finding that you're not able to be consistent, You need to ask yourself, why are you doing it in the first place? And are you doing it just because you think that you can replicate somebody else's model? Mm -hmm. Because if you are not, uh, if it's not something that is within your wheelhouse, something that you can consistently give your time to, recognizing that things take time to grow, uh, then don't waste your energy spreading yourself thin between um, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram. <laughs> you talk. Yes. I mean, Snapchat. <laughs> do people do Snapchat anymore? Oh my gosh. All the things. So and much. it's just, it's, it's a bad idea. So something that uh, Carrie Green, she runs the uh, female entrepreneur association. Mm-hmm. She says this all the time that when she started her business, she was on Facebook and Facebook only because yeah. that is what worked for her. It was her sweet spot and she knew it like the back of her hand. Eventually she expanded to other platforms, especially as she scaled and had help. But highly recommend that you just kind of keep your eyes focused on one thing at a time, uh, so that you're not overwhelming yourself and you're not confusing your audience and, um, and spreading yourself too thin.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to what you were talking about before with, the what's, what's the mission of your personal brand. And if you don't have that set, if you don't have your big, why get focused on that for sure. Um, define, Define find the goal, the brand, and that will really help minimize distraction.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: And, uh, you know, always just for today, what do you need to do just for today? That's really critical, really critical. So we could go on and on about this (laughs) for sure. But I I think the big takeaway is really create that mission. What is the ultimate goal for your brand? And Mm -hmm. what is the next best move that's going to enhance, not drain, always, always lead with that. Is this, is this going to give me energy mm-hmm. and build my brand or is this going to take my energy and make me a less better version of myself, right? Yeah. Um, because the the company needs you because you're the company, right? You're the brand. So <laughs> if you're not energetic and in it, that that's a detriment. And so just, exactly. just always remember that. Is this going to give me energy and enhance the brand or is this going to take away my energy, you know, basically crushing the brand, a little dramatic, but you know what I mean? (laughs) So lead with the mission and leverage in a way that's, you know, next best for you. If you just became a speaker, just do that for a little bit Yes, and then keep your eyes open, right? Be a student of your business and it will come to you what you should do next. 100%. If you've been at this for a little while, well, what's calling you spend some time, really write that out. I love the construction paper. Yes. Um, that you suggested love that and keep that open box. Let the business breathe. It will be revealed what you should do next. Michelle, you're awesome. Thanks so much for sharing all your insight and wisdom with us. Me. We so appreciate you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you are not a student of the speaker lab, what are you waiting for? Make sure you go to the speakerlab.com and sign up for a strategy call. We would love to see you on the other side. Have an awesome day, everyone.
0: All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we wanna serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening? Right now, hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us, and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.